Hello and welcome to the coolest kids. I am one of your hosts, Terrence Wiggins, joined by your other host, Terrence's biggest cheerleader, Brock Wilbur. <laughs> Why is no one dating Terrence yet? I have questions. I also have answers. <laughs> Uh, how are you doing? We found someone out here that we would like uh-huh. you to date. Uh-huh. <laughs> she is uh-huh. the ticket taker at the Alamo Draft House here in Kansas City. For uh-huh. three times in a row, I've walked in uh, and she's seen my Fallout hoodie and has engaged me in conversations about things that she hopes will improve between Fallout 4 and Fallout 5. And uh-huh. I was previously like, this is kind of funny. It's a little bit annoying. It's fine. It's a nice it's a nice thing. And the last time we went in to pick up uh, tickets for a film, she was like, so has anyone ever talked to you about Kingdom Hearts? And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I, I just looked to them and I was like, well, if Terrence ever comes to Kansas City, we have this blind date set up. <laughs> I was like, no one no one else in the world has ever just looked at me and been like, have you heard the good the good news? The good news about Jesus Christ, our, our Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> <laughs> it was like in a like whenever anybody even mentions kingdom hearts my eyes glow red like a robot <laughs> just, that just turned evil like my head whips around and my eyes turn red so it's something like, in, the, in the west world programming just failed you in that moment <laughs> let me tell you about kingdom hearts <laughs> so it's yeah like, so when she did that i was like well when terrence comes <laughs> Did you know Billy Zane was in the first Kingdom Hearts? Here's what I love about Kingdom Hearts, and I don't know uh, if you're a regular listener of the show. Terrence loves the series Kingdom Hearts, or I think Uh you you do love, you do sincerely love this. Yes, very much. Uh, Which is a series that blends anime uh, with Disney characters, uh, which Mm -hmm. my biggest selling point was uh, Terrence posted some screenshots of like, the Winnie the Pooh level, and I was like, well, fuck me. Uh, the sincerity of my Winnie the Pooh love is going to make me do this RPG. Uh, Terrence also writes about it. You can read a piece that Terrence wrote at Dorkly this week that's incredibly good, and I, I, I've i expressed it to him. Uh, like, I just love reading Terrence's writing about this because it's it's nonsense to me. It's just insane, <laughs> insane anime nonsense, uh, and I'm so always drawn in in the way that he writes about it because he loves and cares so much. Uh, yeah, that's that's Kingdom Hearts, <laughs> and I, 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 you, I think maybe my biggest question about Kingdom Hearts is where where the fandom ends because it seems like everything can pull in here, but at the same time, as he just said, Billy Zane is in a Kingdom Hearts, and when he says something like that, I can't say anything <laughs> because I'm like, I know he's fucking with me. That definitely isn't true. That definitely is true. I can't say anything. It's just this cycle. The Kingdom Hearts cycle of like fandom is so fun because Terrence can say literally anything. I'm like, I do believe that that is true in the universe uh-huh. of Kingdom Hearts. And if it is done sincerely, I do kind of want to see it. Uh, yeah, he's he's the villain in the first game. He's later replaced or doesn't show up for it or whatever. They changed, uh, like, the main characters, the three main characters, are voiced by, uh, in all in all the games, I believe. No, they changed, uh, they changed the girl. It was Hayden Panettiere. Now it's, I believe, Brittany Snow? Uh, okay. I believe she is the, 
uh, and she does a way better job than Hayden Pantier ever did. Um, but also, you've like this is also as as the girl that has uh, talked to us about Kingdom Hearts has mentioned. Like it's a twenty year delay here between games, and in the interim, like you uh, you look back, and Terrence has mentioned this before. Like, oh look, it's Bones from Bones is is doing a voiceover here uh, he, uh, and you're just like yeah that's just part uh, of the that's the that, that's this world that we're in he does he does such a bad job like the voice acting uh so david gallagher who was the youngest son on uh seventh heaven and Haley joel osmond are like the two main guys and they do a really good job in the game but all the other voice talent in the first game is just miserable like it's the worst <laughs> voice. Like David Boreanaz, he always like he talks like he somebody just woke him up, or he just <laughs> keeps falling asleep. So he's just like he's just like we have this stuff. Like, you, you got and the like bo- the Bordrianus. <laughs> yes, the Bordrianus. Uh, and Christy Carlson Romano uh, plays in it. She was the sister from Even Stevens, uh, and she she delivers her lines like someone was just like be excited, and that was it. Like she doesn't doesn't even try like nobody tries mandy Moore. i think it's mandy moore yeah mandy moore is in it uh and she just speaks in this high register and it's for leon you've ever oh mandy moore now it, it's 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 bad now, like, now did the first one come out ps2 era or ps1 era ps2 it okay was so this is like this is the advent of like people being like oh shit we can actually do vo with celebrity yes. games and a cross between Disney, Sony, and anime <laughs> happened, and they just got all these people on board, and but no one still knew how to like direct, like VO. Right. <laughs> yes, that's like that's very much what it is. Like the God, like the second one, I like the first game, but the first game is also not very good in a lot of, especially after playing the second one. Like uh, the second one improves on the first one so much, it's absurd, and it's just like more games should do stuff like this of improving upon itself in a way that it's just like, wow, you really actually did some work and like try to <laughs> do something special instead of just like, well, here's the sequel. And we added one more thing. Um, Mine to bring to the table is that the, uh, the woman that is the lead female uh, VO actress in silent hell two uh, was also the uh, VO director uh, for the Americanization of it, uh, and somehow directed herself the worst of everyone in the cast. <laughs> and so when they tried to do when they did the uh, the HD remake a few years ago, which is uh, its own separate fuck disaster. Right. Uh, it's a it's a everything became worse somehow. And you're just like, how does everyone here unlearn not not just the idea of acting, but unlearn the concept of emotions? <laughs> Right, like I'm the, stuck here. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know the, where you're placing the emphasis on any like of the, the fir- words. The first silent, the first Silent Hill two. Are you talking about Silent Hill or Silent Hill two? Silent Hill two. Yeah, so the first Silent Hill two. Like everyone is like, it's bad, but it's like bad in a way where they're like these just awkward, like weird people. Right, and. Then for the second, for like the remaster, they got like actual voice actors and somehow didn't like, 
I don't know. Like it's like they tried to capture the magic of the the original. <laughs> How can we be bad like, in the specific bad way that people have written books about it? <laughs> right. It's uh it's the same of when like Sharknado comes out <laughs> and it's like they tried to make something bad and it's just like uh, I'm good. It's fine. <laughs> just um, I'm good with this. It's uh, you know the, you didn't have to do that. If if you aren't a big gamer and you're listening to this, a one, how did you find the two of us? Uh, <laughs> but B two, uh, the Silent Hill uh, HD remaster uh, that came out a couple of years ago is is a very specific moment in video games because it's the only time that a, a company ever sent me a check reimbursing me because they reimbursed everyone who bought it. And here is the reason why. They were like, we have Silent Hill 2 and Silent Hill 3. We're going to put them out on this new platform. We're going to HD them up. Uh, And uh, they didn't realize that they didn't have the source code for those games anymore. So they they had to use sort of like what they had just on file. So Silent Hill 2, a a game that's mostly about a town uh, covered in fog, there's no fog in that game. So you can just see everything that's happening ahead of you. As I was playing it the first time, I was like, there's something there's something off about this. So they tried to redo voiceovers uh, to fix a thing that had a, a quality about it that people loved because it was so disconnected in this Twin Peaks way of like, yeah. it's weird and we can't explain how it's weird. It's just like weird in translation. They're like, what if we try to just... Make it weird, like people talking, like and right. robot would talking, like well, that's destroyed that thing, and then the visuals of it didn't work, and then the game itself didn't work, and at some point Konami was just like, you know what? If you bought it, we'll just send you money in the mail, uh, which is a thing that I feel like more video games since then should have sent me money in the mail by way of apology. <laughs> but this is the one and only right. time, probably in my entire fucking life, that it'll happen. That they're just like, here's just a check for like forty five dollars <laughs> by way of saying, "Whoopsie daddle." Uh, <laughs> we, we, I'm sorry, we didn't. It's just there. So let's talk about emo music. <laughs> So, I chose this album. Uh, we're doing Forgive Durton's Razia's Shadow. Uh, let's which is let's a, right out of the gate just acknowledge that this is a band named for Fight Club, the movie. Uh, <laughs> and just get over it. We'll all get over it together. They're, it's not as bad as it sounds. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that name does not... Uh, it does not convey what... <laughs> what this band is around that same time i was in a band called jack smirking revenge we all we all picked a fight club name and we all just ran with it and there will be no forgiveness for any of us at the pearly gates <laughs> but for right now forgive durden is fine <laughs> <laughs> uh so this uh this album features the reason i chose this album it is not a traditional emo album uh it is uh it like there are certain you can hear it you can hear like the traditional sort of emo sounding instrumentation and like some of the music but overall it's this very like music it's a musical that's what it is but yes. like it sounds like a musical um but it features uh let's see Casey Crescenzo from uh from the Deer Hunter and uh, the Receiving and the Sirens. He's got uh, John Gorley from Portugal, the Man. Aaron Weiss from Me Without You as the narrator. 
Danny Stevens from The Audition, Chris Conley from Saves the Day, Dan Young from This Providence, Max Bemis from Say Anything, Greta Sepelter, I believe, Saul Peter, whatever, from The Hush Sound, Brandon Yuri from Panic at the Disco, Nick Newsham, who was also guested on uh, that Dance Game and Dance album we did, uh, who's guested on so many albums. Uh, he's, he's like the... He's like the Nate dog or something of, of emo music. Uh, Cause he just shows up on everyone else's albums. Um, uh, you got Sean Harris on the matches and then Thomas Dutton is the lead singer of uh, forgive Durden. And the, all these people came together to make a musical that kind of doesn't make any sense. Uh, Look, I, this is one that I was so fucking confused by that I actually went back to listen to the pre-album, the album mm-hmm. they did before this, which is just a straight-up emo rock album. Yeah. And it's really fucking good. Uh, mm-hmm. And this is actually going to be complicated because uh, I, lo- I love what this is as a separate thing. I just want to say out of the out of the gate, the album, the only other album that they do that's just a straightforward rock album, really good. Just a really good thing. Yeah. Like uh, the song Ants, uh, uh-huh. we, which I think is the only single off of it, is a really smart, fun, interesting song. And I totally get it. And I was like, okay, so there's there's that. And it is separate from whatever the rest. Like, I, I'm, I'm shocked that there was an album to go along with this because this seems like the name that you put on the musical and nothing else ever. Because, right. as, as Terrence has just said, I, when you said that there was a lead singer here... I, w- I just made a little face because I did not know there was a lead singer here. There was not one that I would point to as any sort of cohesive sound throughout. Right. Which is great. And look, if you listen to this show, you know I love a fucking concept album. This is incredible. This is actually a musical. And they just got everyone from emo in it. And it's broken my heart that this was not in my life in 2008 because it is so soul-crushingly good. And yeah. everyone is here, and especially like this. This feels like a weird like end run thing for this podcast. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like this is some sort of celebration of us being in this for a year. Where you're just like, hey, did you know that there's a thing where we can just all just lap uh, all the albums we listen to? And I'm like, no, that couldn't possibly exist. And here it fucking is. Uh, everyone we <laughs> talked about and have listened to, they have these songs, and it's on here, and it it it's cohesive into a thing. I, I'm mad that I didn't know it exists. And now I'm mad that I don't know how to put it into words, like how good it is. What was this? Was this something you experienced like right out of the gate or is it? Yeah. Like as soon as it came out, I'd listened to it. Um, cause this is, this was around the time that I was super into the deer hunter, which, uh, the, uh, Casey Crescenzo, he does the, uh, he sings in the first track. He is the, uh, he is Ode the Scientist. He's the guy who sings in that track. And, uh, and I mean, I loved the other bands that were like a right. bunch of the other bands that were featured in here. So I was just like, and I already had listened to that Forgive Durden album. Um, and so I I think I just saw it on some site. It was just like, there's a new album out. So I, I got it and I listened to it and uh, obsessed about it for a few weeks. I um, I can see why. And it, it is... Uh... It is conceptually on par with uh, Cursive's Happy Hollow in that there are a bunch of songs that share the same goddamn lines. 
about how mm-hmm. you're not like the savior of this place or something. I was like, oh, okay, so here we are. This is what uh, that would have been. And I started texting Terrence earlier today because uh, in the same way that uh, Cursive's Happy Hollow is that thing that I was always like, I'm going to stage this as a musical someday. Uh, it turns out that this musical album has been staged by so many different uh, high schools and colleges in different ways, including one that's just an entire puppet show and another one that's just a bunch of kids in white clothing uh, completely missing the mark of, I think, the show. Uh, <laughs> so I got to watch three different like productions of this today, and it has done nothing but endear me with further love for this, uh, just to be like, ah, shit, like this is... There's a part of it that I'm just so enthused by in the fact that like people get it in that same way. But the other part of it is just like, oh, shit, I remember what it was like to hear an album and think I'm going to stage that as a musical and to have that amount of energy inside of you instead of having to nap three times a day. Uh, Your 20s are a magical time. Please cherish them. Uh, (laughs) This is it was so incredible to just watch some of these. The fucking puppet version of this is incredible. Please look it up on YouTube. Uh, some the the high school college productions of this are so pure and honest and like somebody uh, in one of these uh, fueled by ramen just sent them all the backing tracks with none of the vocals over it so it's just kids performing it like a high school musical and I was like I I just love this so much uh, it's it's so good and and the other side of it is that like. This is a an album that I think that Terrence introduced me to to purely appreciate the fact that everyone that we love guests on it. <laughs> like uh, right. th- at the moment that the guy from uh, Gatsby comes in uh, and starts singing, I just started laughing because it's so fucking funny because it's like, that can't be anybody else in the world. That's right. just the guy Newsham, from Gatsby. <clears throat> I'll say Nick Newsham sounds like Nick Newsham and he's always going to sound like that. And it's weird, like, I thought it was funny that he played the king because, like, he's been on so many people's albums, and it's just like, yeah, of course he, like, I just want to, I kind of want to see what he, uh, like, because he's been Oh, yes, what does his extended discography look like? Right, like, he's been on so many albums. He he feels Uh, like one of those guys that they tagged in to, like, do, like, all the screaming on Thursday's album or something. (laughs) Right, yeah, uh, like, there was four albums with the Gatsby's American Dream. Uh, there was two EPs. Uh, let's see, side projects. Uh, KK and his Weather Underground, uh, which is a good band. They're not emo at all. But no, I, I enjoy them. Uh, he had a band called Search and Rescue, Red Red Blue, Wild Orchid Children, Bombs Over Bellevue, uh, Keith Keith Ledger, uh, Zero Cool. He was on Roger's Shadow, Princess Dinosaur, uh, Places and like he's in so many bands. And like I'm trying to just find. Still feel like you're making all of these up, <laughs> right? Yeah, it sounds made up, but it's just like so. It's a lot. It's like the Weather I'm Underground, find... Cardigans, Umbrella, Neo <laughs> Tissues, Flower Face. <laughs> uh, doesn't. It's not just giving me things that he's guested on, but he's been he like he's all over the place, like in regards to uh, like emo emo music from like 2002 to 2010. Like he was all over the place. Do you want to describe uh, what the plot of this is? So what I can gather from the plot of this, like I, I'm trying to skim through the the 
like Wikipedia page for it. Uh-huh. Um, but it kind of doesn't. It makes some sense, but it kind of doesn't make sense because the first half of the album is like there's an intermission that separates the first and the second half of the album. Uh-huh. And the first half introduces characters and the second half introduces characters. But the tri- like this I was talking to Nathan Grayson about this on Twitter <laughs> how like it needed to be longer or there needs to be more albums because <laughs> everything's just kind of like as a story everything is just kind of like pushed together and it's just like they're introducing characters like up until the last the- song yeah, up until the last song. Oh, it's, it's just me, like, Doctor Doctor. Okay, man, right. but like we're done yeah. here. Like we didn't hear anything about you before. Like as a story, it's it like at the base level, it's about two brothers. The at least the last half of the album is about two brothers uh, that are from the the land was split because let me see. Uh, oh, the scientist created the world he li- he will where he lives with his angels, and there's two angels, Arima and Nidria. Uh, and uh, Arima is frustrated with the doctor or the scientist that his skills are being unused. Ah, oh. uh, Nidria has fallen in love. Uh, it's 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 basically uh, Pippin. It's, it's. I said that it is a early two thousands JRPG turned into a concept album. Yes, yes, it is. Uh, 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 let's and, see. And, and in that way, it does emo game better than emo game did. Right, because everyone ducks in at, at exactly where their character should exist. All right. So what is all right? We, so. Weirdly, I think I got a really good version of the plot from watching the puppet show version of this on YouTube. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Because it's, it's just some people with some really good puppets that yeah. act out the scenes, and I was uh, the the musical versions with the live action people are uh, are somebody trying a little too hard. Uh, it doesn't make much <laughs> sense, but it's sincere, and so I'm not going to talk any shit on it. But the puppet That's version why I didn't of it watch is it. very nice. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I didn't watch the, any other live versions. I was just like, yeah. The, <laughs> there is. I'm gonna uh, make fun of these people. In in the uh, in the puppet version, <laughs> there's more than one song on here that is just uh, someone just bouncing around stage in white pants and a white t-shirt, not singing along, just showing that they can bounce. And I was like, if Terrence saw this, he would have no choice but to talk shit. <laughs> I was yeah, like, I will keep that yeah. inside. <laughs> So what I'm what I'm gathering uh-huh. is that uh, Arima created something called the lamps. I'm not sure what the lamps are, but the people of the world love the lamps, and he destroyed the lamps because Marias the Spider, played by Max Bemis, like, <laughs> was just like, "Hey, hey, you, uh, these people aren't appreciating your work in the way you sh- that you like. Right. You should destroy them." And so, let's see. Uh, yeah, the world, the part, the lamps that he destroyed created the world of darkness. And Toba the Tura, played by Chris Conley, uh, which is this, this is the best Chris Conley has sounded in fucking ever. Agreed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, Agreed. Uh, like I almost didn't even recognize that it was him because he but, sounds. But so also, good. I was prepared for you to make that statement because when we did. The Tony Hawk thing, you were like, this is also the best that Chris Conley has sounded. I was like, you know what? I can't tell if if, if we're always just picking good post-saves-the-day stuff 
that he right. sounds better at. Um, but yeah. Uh, so the Bryce the Spider, like it was like, hey, you should do, you should destroy the stuff. The Toba the Tura, which I'm not really sure who that is. <laughs> like it doesn't really explain who these people are. It's just like they show up as characters. It's just like there should have been like a book or something. Or, like, a pamphlet to say, like, this is what happened beforehand. Like, they just have the one song, and then they're just like, the story starts. Um, and it does have so, uh, the, the, the 2007 production problem, which is that, like, somebody realized, I don't need an orchestra. I can just synth this, and then I will send files to people, and they will record their vocals and send them back to me. And you can kind of tell on the songs who uh, recorded it in their bathroom versus who recorded it in the studio. <laughs> uh, let's see. Arima's family builds a wall to separate themselves from him and the darkness he has created. Okay. So, so he destroyed his side of the world and then they put up a wall and separated the worlds and all that stuff. Right. Whatever. And normal so, musical stuff. <laughs> right. Or JRPG nonsense. Um, <laughs> Uh, and so the second half of the album introduces Atticus and Palace, which are Brandon Yuri and Thomas Dutton. Uh, Thomas Dutton is the, the guy who also is the lead singer of Forgive Dutton. Um, they are, yeah, they're princes of the dark. Um, and he, uh, the, an oracle tells uh, Arima a hundred years ago that they're going to reunite the, the two people whose love will reunite the world. And so Atticus believes he is the guy that is going to reunite the world. And his brother's like, no, you're an idiot. Like stay in the world of darkness. <laughs> and he meets, uh, and Atticus leaves, leaves the kingdom of darkness, uh, meets up with, uh, I'm guessing. Yeah. The princess of the city of light. And then they, uh, they go and try to live their life, and uh, he goes and meets the king, who's Nick Newsham, and he's just like, "Hey, I want to marry your daughter because of love. Like, not, I'm not trying to take over your kingdom or anything." And the king's like, "No, I don't believe you." And then <laughs> he finds out, he finds out that the princess is sick because of uh, him, him being from the world of darkness. She can't, st- she can't, her body physically can't be around him. Right. So they go to the doctor. His presence poisons her to death, which is fucking, uh, pretty. which is a thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they go to and the his doctor. Brother is also doctor... like, Hey, do you notice that you're murdering her with what you do? <laughs> so they go to the doctor, uh, and he says that he can heal her. But he has to keep her forever. Uh, and she refuses. But Atticus is like, no, this is the only way you can be cured. Uh, and he, the doctor does cure her. But his brother, Pallas, has been tracking them the whole time. And uh, Atticus, he challenges Atticus to a fight. But like, if you love her, you'll fight me right now. Right. Uh, to prove that you're in love with her. And so he goes, uh, uh, Pallas goes to stab at the princess and Atticus jumps in the way and they like the song is about uh, Atticus dying and the prince is like having one final kiss with him, which uh, which I guess heals the world like the the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness came together because they kissed the the world is back to being whole and uh, Atticus his final words were live for your love every day 
and then uh, Aaron Weiss gives a gives a narration talking about something never stop believing in love and hope and it's a sweet story but also it's like there's chapters missing like if this was that's that's a good version of it if this was like an actual book or a or a game or a comic book or something there would be chapters missing because there's so like it doesn't explain it does it like atakias and her and hura just meet up and then they're they're in love and that's it. Like there's no there there doesn't seem to be any courting and then he goes and meets the king and there's just stuff just happens and like I really like the album like for what it, for what it is oh absolutely I think it's a really cool album and it like production wise like it sounds great but at like from a story standpoint like they're just missing so many points where it's just like man I wish there was like more to this or something i i think one of my favorite parts is that having watched the the college like musical version of this the first big comment that like had the a billion thumbs up on it was somebody being like uh uh the narrator here not as masculine as he's supposed to be and i was like a1 i don't understand what is not masculine about the narrator here but b2 like i just love that uh something like this that is a musical that courts people with feelings uh just also begets like the most toxic sort of phantom out there it's like right. yeah you know what you, i i just he wasn't swinging his dick as much as i expected him to it's just like, <laughs> who are you even talking about and also how do you even know any characters in this this is random nonsense <laughs> Uh, it's just of all the of all the fights to pick on on the onlines uh boy right. howdy yeah, it's are, it is are, such a good well-produced album and i i just i just love I, I, I hope that you do like search this on youtube if you're listening to this episode and like look at some of the things that people did with it 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 makes me feel so good and like so empowered and so excited to like I don't know. I hope I make something somebody that makes somebody feel that way. That they're just like, yeah, I want to stage this, even though I might not totally get what it's saying uh, or understand what I'm supposed to be doing. Like it's so sincere and pure, and uh, and the fact that it's born of this sort of like all stars list of like emo dudes trying to make an album that like I don't, I still don't even understand. Like uh, beyond me not knowing about it why this didn't break through in some way. Cause this seems like something that like, if you went to a lab in hot topics basement to yeah. build a thing that everyone should love and throw money at, this seems like it. And it's, it's shocking to me that I've never even heard of it. Right. Yeah. I, I feel, hmm. I really think like, I, this needs to be like resurrected somehow. It really like, does. It needs to, it needs to be a it needs to be a movie or like I feel like if there was talking parts between the songs like I feel like that would have uh, elevated it more yes like, probably made it, made it something more than it is uh, as it stands like I said like the album is like the missing pieces of fucking like stellar song like right. I love that song um, but like as a story like it it could be punched up. Uh, (laughs) it could be punched up it could be punched up the exit and it's true love are are both just like flawless songs to me like i'm so if if nothing else like i'm just happy to have them (laughs) yeah 
and it and it really does get into a very uh panic at the disco y sort of like here's just something with like a bunch of crazy piano parts on top of it and things like that. And like, yeah, I'm always in for this, no matter where it comes from. Right. Trying to, I want to see, like, I think I found, I think I found the guy, uh, Thomas Dutton. I'm trying to find what he's doing. Like, I'm not sure if this is the same guy, uh, online. Like, cause I'm curious, like if this is the same guy, uh, that went on to make, went on to make uh this other stuff like because he like there's some there's some band called cardi Knox, but i'm not sure yes that's him is, is that him yes okay yes that is him uh yeah i'll have to check out his other stuff i mean because i like this album is just like it it it's a concept album but it like it it's a musical, like it's literally it a is. musical, and it's so well put together. But there are so many albums that we talk about. This like this could be a musical, and this one is actually a musical. Uh, it's just right. here. It's a gift to yeah. us. Yeah, it's I don't know. Yeah, uh, thank you for I'll this one. To... I really enjoyed this one. <laughs> yeah, it's I was I was like I was gonna be either like either Brock is gonna love this or he's gonna absolutely hate me for it. I will never take you apart for introducing me to something that is based in musical theater. My God, this was so fun. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, if I if I would have gotten into it a little further, I think we would have hit the same point, which is just like, hey, it's the thirteenth song out of fourteen, and you're still introducing characters. Not not the best musical, <laughs> right? Like, uh, like I really want to see because there's something here, right? But it's not enough. And and uh, I was reading up somewhere that somebody else did a production of it a few years later, uh, that they added more characters and did more stuff. And I was like, no. I'm not sure if adding is the solution, but I don't know. There's there is so it's the same thing. It's like there is this is so close to greatness, and uh, yeah, it misses the mark in some ways. But it is this incredible artifact of the time, and the right. fact that this guy even tried. But also understood maybe what draws so many people to emo music. Like, yeah, well, people want like a musical theater thing. What if we just did like a musical? And then everyone was like, we have no interest in that. <laughs> like, what a crazy thing to happen, especially with this lineup of people. Uh, I don't know. That's fascinating to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what you were saying, I don't think adding, adding more story, yes. Adding more characters, no. No. <laughs> Not at all. What this needed was like some characters. more subplots that uh, made it more confusing, and that's what uh, the teens are into. Right. Uh, yeah, this does not need. This does not need. Uh, like, <laughs> just add add more to the story. Like, flesh out some stuff. You do not need to add more characters and side story and whatnot. Like, don't don't do it. Um, if you like this, I think we could start probably start doing this. Uh, yeah. When we, uh, like recommending another album that totally. that uh, I would uh, I would recommend uh the Deer Hunter just their probably their entire discography right um which is very close to the I mean Casey Crescenzo is in the first track first and he's in a few tracks actually but uh act act two the meaning of all the meaning. Of and all things regarding misleading is uh is one of my favorite albums of all time, uh, 
and I definitely think you should give that a listen. Also, if you want something that's like this, but a little bit harder, mm-hmm. well, not even a little bit, it's like crazier. It's like, you remember that Fox Shazam album I had you listen to? Yes, I do. It's like that and this mixed together. Uh, it is the v- the Venetia Fair's uh, The Circus. It is a concept album about a circus, and it's crazy, um, and I really enjoy it. I, think you I will get that propose out. Uh, Curse's I Am Gemini, which is a concept mm-hmm. album about a circus, uh, which also comes with libretto, which, uh, just like what we demanded here, uh, tells everyone uh, what uh, what character is speaking at what part, parts in each song. Uh, we'll get to, God, we have to do a couple of cursive episodes. Yeah, let's say we should, we should do like a month of cursive. <laughs> the month of cursive. I would be so happy. I said we could do it like it could be like the ugly organ, Domestica, uh, Happy Hollow, and I am Gemini. Uh, there, a uh, my friends run a uh, a brewery out of Denver, and they have a beer called Domestica based on it. And I was just like, I want to be in a place where you can make beers based on your favorite albums. That sounds fun. <laughs> Give me uh, a libretto for my beer, and that's the highest concept thing I can do. <laughs> So yeah, thank you for this album. I highly recommend you guys give this one a listen. Uh, If you like emo at all, I suppose, uh, it's all here because everyone is here. Everyone guests on this. Uh, It is sonically right in the middle of everything that we enjoy. It's one of the first albums we've listened to where I think the second half of the album I like more than the first half of the album. Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's, There's a lot here and there's a lot to dig into. Yeah. It's it's good. I like it. It's a good album. Terrence, what do you Catch have to promote? Uh, my other podcast, whatever we call it, is making a comeback because we haven't recorded since June or July of last year. Oh wow! Too. Yeah, it's been a it's been quite some time. Jeb is <laughs> Jeb is uh, in college to be a doctor, so he has been. <laughs> I was going to ask what happened. <laughs> busy. Yeah, he has been busy uh, putting his hands in corpses. Not corpses. Uh, oh my god! R- actual people. Um, oh, okay, not like that's that, better or worse. Like, I don't know. I mean, he's not like uh, uh, he's a doctor. Um, <laughs> uh, so that'll be the, it's it's up on iTunes now. Um, and I had an article go up on Dorkly about Kingdom Hearts. You can read that. I already promoted that, Terrence. <laughs> I know, but that was at the beginning. You got to remind people at the end. You got to sandwich it in. You got to <laughs> sandwich. It's a Kingdom Hearts sandwich. Um, do I have anything else? I've got nothing else. Brock, what do you have to say? I have a beautiful yourself? wife. Her name is Vivian Kane. She's the best wife in the whole wide world. Uh, and she's so mm-hmm. beautiful and smart. Uh, and so uh, she would like to come here and promote our new episode of Missouri Loves Company. Do I? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> okay, she promoted Missouri Loves Company. Uh, <laughs> okay, she just got off work. Uh, and I am silly. So that's that's why <laughs> she, she, she gave it a shot. Uh, yeah, uh, subscribe to that podcast. Terrence edits that. Hire Terrence for all your podcast editing needs. He's a good boy. You just, uh, the, edit, the episode I just edited, you had Francis from, what is the name of the podcast? What a hell of a way to die. What a, what a horrible way to die. 
It's a it's an army podcast, I believe. It is, and it, it is funny to listen to uh, how fucked we are on so many different levels, but also to have army guys be like, "Yeah, don't do this either." So, <laughs> you don't yeah, don't just stay away. You're fine. You don't need to do this. Listening um, to guys that spent ten years uh, serving the country, and you're like, "Oh, I want to thank you for your service," and they're like, "Don't." Uh, it was fine. bad, and I regret it. I, it's uh, <laughs> we're in a complicated time. So yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah,